the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour, and we are going to break down our favorite betting plays for this week's Honda Classic. About to get into it, play our 18 holes as we do every single week. But Benny, first, Genesis Invitational in the books, and I don't know, maybe we mentioned Joaquin Neiman a little bit on the pod last week. Yes, it might have been a little uh, play at old Joaquin or Waco or whatever you want to call him in these days. But that little man from the international team that I said was going to have a massive year and contend in something huge. Well, he just went out and won it like we said he might do and comes off the back of picking Scheffler the week before. So I think we're doing okay last few weeks. Yeah, and Joaquin might still contend in something even huger at some point this year. Remains to be seen, but really impressive stuff from the 23-year-old this past weekend. All right, let's get right to it and let's pick some more winners for this week. Hole number one, you are on the tee, Ben Everell. Where are you going with your first bet of the Honda Classic week? Oh, off the back of that intro, I'm going with do not pick Yako Neiman this week. <laughs> I don't think that the youngster will back up quite as strong. To be perfectly frank, he played perfect golf for those first two, three rounds there at Genesis Invitational. I'm just not sure he can keep that up uh, when there's so much danger about at the Honda Classic. So in matchups, I'm sort of fading him a little bit. And also because I did spend some time with him after the win here in LA. And let's just say he intends to have a good celebration, if you will, <laughs> off the back of the victory. So I'm just feeling that I don't think he'll have a very bad week or anything like that. I just think given that he's up against some other bigger names in the field in most matchups, I might steer clear. I'm actually surprised he's still in the field. Full disclosure, we're recording on Monday evening right now, Monday night, and he's, as of right now, still in the field. It would not surprise me if by Thursday morning, Joaquin Mm -hmm. Neiman says, you know what? I already got a trophy. I'll let somebody else get after one. Okay, my first play, hole number two. Billy Horschel has played this event nine times. He's got a decent record. Two top tens. One of those was a top five finish about five years ago. It's plus 400 for a top five this week. I feel like the move from west to east should help Billy as much as anybody. He's a Florida guy. He loves playing back in the Sunshine State. This should suit his game. Really good ball striker. I'm surprised the record is a little bit better at PGA National, but still against this field, which let's be frank, this isn't the greatest field that we have seen this year so far. It's not the greatest field that we'll see this month. So Billy Horschel to finish in the top five at four to one. I'm on that one, Benny. Yeah, I don't mind that. He's due to do something big. I'm going to go to, for hole three, I'm, I just decided to bring up something this week. It's like, look at the faves, if you will. So of the guys that are sort of the top five on the board, mm-hmm. um, we generally don't pick those, you and I, when we're looking for a winner, we try to get some value. But I'm going to say, if you are the type of person that wants to be in those sort of first few picks on the board. I like the look of Daniel Berger out of those guys at 1600. We talked to him, obviously, on a Twitter space a few weeks ago. He's a local there. He likes the place. He's always done pretty well. We're still a little worried about that sort of strain in the hip in the back area or whatever, but if you feel like you need to go for one of the bigger names, he's my man. Yeah, I like that. I am probably myself on Sung J.M., who I'm going to mention at some point here, the guy who's the favorite this week. If I've got to go near the top of the board, let me just go all the way to the top with my favorite play, but I don't love the full top of the board this week. So let me get to a few players. I'm going to give you a little three-pack here, a treble of top 10 
plays, I'm going to go Brian Harmon, Alex Noren, Russell Knox. Just good, solid, steady players. Look, this is not a week where you've got to make 25 birdies, where you've got to go super low. We know what the conditions are going to be. It's always windy at PGA National. Something very likely in the high single digits, maybe low double digits under par is going to win this event. These are the kind of guys that play hard golf courses really well. I've got Harmon and Norin at plus 330 for those top 10s and Knox at plus 550. I think they're all pretty good players at those numbers. I think Knox has been knocking on the door. So that's a good one, man. I like that. And then I've got no issue with any of those picks. So hole five, I'll give my top five. While I said that uh, Waco won't continue, I think that his victory will inspire Mito Pereira, the other Mm -hmm. Chilean on the PGA Tour. And I saw 700, I think it was, around that for a top five. I was looking at him potentially for a little sprinkle at the outright, but I figured getting 700 on a top five might be the sort of safer play in that regard. I do think that Mito, even though he's probably at the party that we talked about with Waco, <laughs> since they usually live together, will be inspired. And this is a spot that he might be able to keep that role going. I like that a lot. It's a very interesting dynamic. Spoke with Mito about it on my PGA Tour radio show, Hitting the Green, late last year, where he said, Joaquin's sort of been mentoring me a little, which is strange because I'm 26 and he's 23, but he's been out here for a while. So (laughs) he's shown me the rope. So it is a different dynamic, but good relationship between the two of those guys. If anyone needed some inspiration and will get some inspiration from Neiman's win this past week, I think it's Mito. So that's a a nice play there. I'm going to mention some Mito in just a little bit as well. Hole number six. Look, we know Sam Ryder from the beer shower at the WM Phoenix Open a couple of weeks ago. I'm not (laughs) sure he's dried off yet from what happened at 16, but what kind of got buried under the headlines and the viral videos is the fact that he finished the next day in 23rd place and then came back out the next week at Riviera this past weekend and finished in 26th place, playing some good golf. And again, much like Billy Horschel, going back to Florida, his home state, He finished in eighth place at this event, the Honda, last year. I'm picking him for a fairly conservative top 20 this week, but I like the numbers across the board. Sam Ryder looks like there's some value there at plus 400 for a top 20, four to one. That's a really good play. Look, it's the same value, same number on Ryder for a top 20 as it is for Horschel finishing in the top five. So I think there's a lot of reasons to back Ryder this week. And again, might still have the stench of beer on him from a few weeks ago, but that's right. I think he can play through that. Yeah, he'll make it through. You're on fire early given this field. Oh, we've come from the massive names to going down the list and you are picking them out like nobody's business. But I'm surprised you haven't mentioned the one I'm going to mention for whole seven yet. And maybe you'll get to him at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw him in the first round leader category this week. Let me just preface it saying anywhere you want, anywhere you think this guy might fit, Go for it. And that is Keith Mitchell, your man, Keith Mitchell. Yeah. 4,500 first round leader. And I just think he has played really well across the West Coast swing when typically he doesn't. And now he's going to a place he won in 2019. And he's clearly in form. He's got great vibes there at PGA National. I feel like if he's not going to win soon, he's going to at least be real close. As I said, I put him in first round leader brackets. I think he'll come out hot. Don't know where he's going to start yet. You know we usually like the mornings before the wind gets up. So if he's in the afternoon, that might change things. Sprinkle 10, 5, 20, whatever you think outright. I think he's a good shot this week. You know, it's funny because like you mentioned, I'm very bullish long-term on Keith Mitchell. I'm not as bullish short-term. Even when he won the Honda back in 2019, I never thought this was a great golf course for him. I feel Mm -hmm. like there's not a massive advantage off the tee, and that's really where Mitchell's going to find his edge. So I like him this week. I'm scared of not being on Mitchell because 
Quite frankly, I think he's going to do some really good things this year, and I want to be on it if and when he does. I don't mind the Mitchell play. Certainly, first-round leader is a nice one. In fact, I'm going to follow up your first-round leader play with the eighth hole, my first-round leader. Right bet, right school, different player, though. I'm going with a fellow UGA Bulldog. Grayson Sig, in his last nine opening rounds, has shot in the 60s eight times. The only one where he shot over... 70 was at Torrey Pines, where he just happened to play the South course first. If they had given him the North <laughs> course for the opening round, he would have been sub 70 at that one as well. His scoring average in round one is nearly two strokes better than it is in round two, three, and four. So it's 65 to one. I think Grayson Sig has a nice opportunity to go out there, post a number. Again, we haven't seen tee times yet. No idea if he's playing early or late, but I think he's a nice play in the opening round based on the numbers that we've seen so far. All right, Benny, hold number nine, finish off this front nine for us. All right, I'm going to go with Milesy. The Aussie Whisperer is speaking. Oh, he gave oh, me a Vegemite sandwich. I love it. Trending champion, Matt Jones. I still think he can produce, maybe not quite the magic he did last year, where he was lights out. Oh, I've forgotten the, uh, I've already, even though I wrote it down three times, I've forgotten the numbers and got strokes gained approach last year, but it was off the charts. The bloke played out of his skin and killed everyone from all and sundry to win the event. Will he play like that again? Probably not. But he was showing some great signs last week. I talked to him at length about what was coming up, and he was quietly confident that he could once again be in the mix. And he said, look, I'm just slowly starting to get to where I want to be at my peak. He's got his coach coming back as well, either going to be there in the next few days or maybe after, but he feels like he's right there, ready to rumble. So Matt Jones, for me, is a top 20 player this week. Top 20 plus 190. I think that's great value. Yeah, certainly don't mind that at all. A lot of times we don't want to chase the guy who's the defending champion, but no reason to not go after Matt Jones after he played so well here last year. All right, you and I are about to make the turn. Let's go get, what, Vegemite sandwiches? Really? Yeah, we'll have a Vegemite sandwich and some – you know what we get at the turn, mate? I'll take a good old-fashioned meat pie. Meat pie. There we go. All right. You and I are going to have a little Australian meat pie, but first we're now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Brettwish and Spencer Aguiar golf betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets here to provide their favorite top five, top 10 and top 40 plays for the Honda classic. Thank you, Jason and Ben. As always, we are pumped to be back with the action network to talk about the Honda classic after a massive Genesis invitational for the whole show here. So I will kick us off with the top placement market. It's a pretty small card for me this week, just with a depleted field. It's something that I really had a hard time finding a lot of value on the betting market. But Brendan Todd, top 40 on FanDuel is plus 160. I had him priced all the way down at plus 115 in my model. The guy's in good form, two straight top 30 finishes in relatively strong fields. So I really like his spot here. I even like him at top 10 at plus 850 on FanDuel, but that's more my bomb of the week. But the iron plays in excellent form, solid ball striker, great on Bermuda. And then the other play for me that I like a ton that graded out as a solid value is Aaron Rye, top 40 at plus 135 on FanDuel. I had him priced at even money there. Love the form, love the ball striking, and that's pretty much it for me. I know, Spencer, we love the same guy here that you're going to talk about, but what's on the card this week? Yeah, it's going to be a light week for me also inside of the placement market because of the volatility the water brings at these coastal courses. The majority of my exposure will come with head-to-head bets and things of that nature. But I do have one wager, which Nick just alluded to that I know both of us are on this week, which is Chris Kirk to come top 40 at plus 125 on FanDuel. 
If you follow Nick on Twitter at StickPicks, you know this is his Hammer Kid wager of the week. But I love where Kirk's game has been trending over the last few starts. The American has gained tee to green in his last eight and has averaged 1.04 around the green as as many starts and 1.56 off the tee over his last five. Kirk is positive putting on Bermuda throughout his career and always excels on these bogey avoidance type tracks. Think the Sony Open where total driving and avoiding mistakes will come into play. And the 36-year-old is second in my recalculated tee to green metric that is specific for PGA National. He is just one of five players this week to grade inside the top 33 for me in all categories I looked at for the week, with Daniel Berger, Brooks Kepka, Brian Harmon, and Sung J.M. being the other four. I love it, Spencer. So there you have it. We have Brendan Todd, Aaron Rye, and the Hammer Kid GIF of the week, Chris Kirk, all to finish top 40. Lighter cards for us, but thank you again, Jason, and we will kick it back to you guys. Good luck this week. All right, we're back. Oh, that was terrible. I tried some Vegemite. Don't do that at the turn. You'll be uh, in the clubhouse for a little bit, but let's get to hole number 10. And I'm going to go with one of my favorite players. Doc Redman. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. I'm going with the good doctor, Doc Redman, <laughs> for a top 40 at plus 190. He's a guy that I've loved targeting over the last couple of years. Look, there's been some ups, some downs, some good, some bad. I still think there's a ton of potential there. He's just kind of finding his way right now on the PGA Tour. I'm not going all in. It's very conservative, but being back on the East Coast, I'm looking for big things out of Doc over the next few months. And like I said, top 40 plus 190 is a good number, especially when he doesn't have to finish that high on the leaderboard, make the cut, and then have a decent weekend, and he should be right there. Well, mate, I'll just jump in. I had this for a bit later in my list, but I'll take hole 11 for my top 40 pick. I'm going back to the well on one of my guys too. Adam Svensson, that 190 number was mm. out there. He's still got Tim Tucker love. And look, he's just in decent form. Look, I'm not really that bullish on going any better than top 40 in these picks. But when I see the value there, like I do, that 190 is a good number for a guy that just needs to make the cut and probably will get there. Svensson, with the form and the experience that he's got going, I'm pretty happy with that. I believe there was a Q school back in 2015. Here it is a seven-shot victory at PGA National for medalist honors at Q School, which was held that year at PGA National. So there's a little history there for Adam Svensson, the Canadian. All right, hole number 12. You mentioned Sung J.M., the tournament favorite earlier. I don't want to dip down to right around 10 to 1 and take him outright, even though he's won here before, and he certainly can do it again. I don't know that I necessarily want to take him for a top five or top 10. I don't see the value there, but in a three-ball on DraftKings this week against who DraftKings has listed as the second and third players on the board. It varies widely, at least in the initial odds board that we've looked at so far on Monday. But Sung J.M. at plus 160 over Tommy Fleetwood and Louis Ustase. And as I mentioned, Im's got a great record here. He's even got a little sort of symmetry. The last time he took a few weeks off was Last year, he came back, finished in the 30s, I believe 33rd, and then won the very next week. Took two weeks off before the Genesis, finished in 31st place. Maybe now he wins again. I'm not willing to bet the outright, but Tommy Fleetwood's number is just way too short this week. I get it. He's finished third and fourth in two starts at PGA National, but he was probably playing better golf overall at that point. And then Louis Oosthuizen, look, a tremendous player. It's just I don't know the win equity is there. I don't mind going against him in matchups, plus 160. So 
I am taking Sungjae in that three ball. Whole 13 for you, Ben. Well, I'm with Sungjae. So for me, it, it is the top 10. The top 10 Sungjae M. Yeah. I think I saw 140. Look, it's not super valuable. Let me just say without dropping names, anyone who follows me can figure that out. But I was with a prominent tour star for the day today <laughs> and talking about like what I what my picks be. And he was like, oh, I'll tell you a lock. Sungjae M's got to be in the top 10. So they're very close. They know what's happening in each other's world. And I think that Sungjae top 10 is a good player. Like I just don't see him falling off the map here. He's such a precision ball striker. He knows the course. He's obviously been successful there. It just makes sense. And plus, look, the narrative is happening like it did a few years back at this time of year when the international players were winning. If you look back in 2020, before the pandemic hit, we had like Cameron Smith win in Hawaii and we had Adam Scott in LA. We had Sanjay win and it was all going well for the international team. And now we're having a similar start where we've had Hideki, we've had Cameron, we've had Yako. I think that'll continue at some point. And I think if someone's going to do it, it probably is him. But I'm like you where just 10 to 1, I can't. I just can't jump on 10 to 1. But I will take smaller 140 at a top 10 and just make a quick, easy buck if I have to. So, folks, that is at B Everall PGA Tour if you'd like to know the player Ben was hanging out with today and what player like Sung JM this week. Shouldn't be that big of a surprise. We can all figure this out. All right. Hole 14, another player that you have mentioned already that I am going to go with in, I guess we'll call it a five ball. They call them group bets on DraftKings. Mito Pereira. I told you I was going to target him at some point. I do like him this week. I think he's going to be a very popular play, but I'm a little wary of taking him out, right? I don't mind it. A little sprinkle there, but in this group play against, you mentioned fading his buddy Waco. Certainly take that there. Brooks Kepka, I believe Kepka might be, let's call it motivationally challenged this week. <laughs> uh, maybe not bringing his best stuff. Matthew Wolf, very bullish on long-term, but I think this is as bad a course for Matt Wolf. As you mm. might find, it just doesn't yeah. seem like one that he would play. Very interesting that he didn't play Riviera last week, but he is playing at PGA National this week. Don't like him this week. Shane Lowry, that's the one that makes it go, uh, well, but I still will take Mito at plus 350, which I think is a good number in that group over the other four. I'm with you on long-term on Wolf. I think that he will get back to his good stuff, but I just am afraid of all that water for him. Yeah. With the odd wayward shot, I can't see that being great for him. And I hope he proves me wrong at some point soon. But yeah, I think you're onto something there. I don't mind fading Wolf in some matchup plays out there. If you can find a decent player that you like, maybe a second tier type against Matthew Wolf, especially at plus money, I'd probably fire those matchups this week. Okay, 15th hole. I like to, you know, guys, I like to throw a long shot out right out there. And normally I'm looking at triple figures, but I couldn't quite get that team this week and feel super confident so i'm at 70 to 1 and a little guy again with the international theme ct pan out of nowhere at riviera sort of popped up i was like oh look he's still here he was ninth i think or somewhere around that top 10 this week and he's been pretty good at pga national in fact last year i think he was third if i'm not mistaken and and i think it's 70 to 1 it's worth it worth having a a big week at riviera last week as well now for the 16th hole, I don't understand how you could only find an international team player that you liked at 70 to 1 for an outright, whereas I'm going with a player at double that number who's Ooh. also an international teamer. Dylan Fratelli has a oh. lot of upside. Yes. And so if you look at what he's done over his last dozen starts, six of those, he's been in the top 30. The other six, he's missed the cut. He is the prototypical 
all or nothing, high ceiling, low floor type of player. You know what? At 140 to one, I don't mind that. Give me the all or nothing. I don't want 140 to one and go, okay, well, he made the weekend. He finished in 53rd place. Either give me a title contention or wipe out the bet by Friday afternoon. But I like the fact that he's won before on the PGA Tour. He's contended at major championships before. I think he's a better player than he's shown recently. Why not? He's a guy that plays well on good, hard golf courses, as he showed at both Augusta National at the Open Championship last year. So I'm going to take a shot there. I miss Fratelli, and I'm with you on it. He is definitely one that could surprise. All right. Good one. Your last hole, would you like to press? Yeah, look, this is an interesting <laughs> one because I don't really have a great reason other than I've had a feeling because I've hung out with him this week. Okay. Right, but my outright winner, fifty five hundred, Cameron Young, Cam Young, the guy who was runner up. Mm. And that, look, I said don't go with Waco because he was so far up and it was, took a lot out of him. And I'm sort of going against that by saying look at Cam. But I happened to spend time with Cam on Wednesday before the tournament. Sat down with him for a story that was going to introduce him to the world this week. They went out and decided to do it at Riviera instead. Now, just having had some time with him, I just think he's primed. I think he's not going to be worried about not getting it done uh, at Riv. And I think he's actually going to be heavily motivated to keep this role going. He is a streaky player in bunches. When he won on the Corn Ferry Tour, it was back-to-back weeks. I was just going to say when, that. When he got to the Corn Ferry Tour, it was out of a Monday qualifier. And then he had to finish in the top 25 four weeks in a row, which he did. He was like 11th, 14th, 6th, 2nd. That's what kept him on the Corn Ferry Tour to then get those wins after about nine missed cuts in a row. So he goes hot and cold. He's in a hot streak. That's kind of all I've got. I think Cam Young, just a feeling from hanging out with him all week, I think that he's got something big coming while he's hot. I don't hate that at all. By the way, 53rd in the world, Cameron Young. Have yourself Mm -hmm. a two-month stretch, young man. He is playing some really good golf. Was also tied for second at the Sanderson Farms back in the fall earlier this season. Okay, final hole. And I am going with another South African for my favorite outright play this week. Talked about ball striking being important. Talked Mm. about scrambling being important because you're not going to hit all those greens. I've got a guy that's got a nice combination of the two. I've been waiting for him to pop on the PGA Tour. He's got three wins on the DP World Tour, the Euro Tour already, and he plays his best golf on tough courses. Christian Bezadenhout. Yes. I I say it differently every time. I'm not sure which one's wrong and which one's right, but I think this guy is primed for a big week. He's played well at some major championships already. Like I said, Two of his three wins on the Euro circuit were at events where you couldn't go low, where there weren't a whole lot of birdies. So I think there's some rationale behind looking for him at an event where it's not going to be, like I said earlier, 25, 28, 30 under par as a winning score. I love that. There's something about the Saffirs. They're ready to pounce. Uh, They're ready to do something good. And he has been that one that in every event I've been at this year or been tracking, his name has popped up on the live odds boards. He makes a run and he's sort of fallen back. He makes a run. So he's clearly got something going. You've almost convinced me in that two minutes you've just had on him that I have to be with you. I love it. I love it. Hopefully some of the people out there are with us as well. Thanks so much to everybody out there for listening. Remember, you can find our podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and of course, listen to the Links and Locks podcast. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your bets for this week's Honda Classic. Here's hoping you hit the green.